0: South Australia really podcast. Yeah. Back out the smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's Williams Freed. Bobs it up for Robert Williams! Oh. Should not he going? Taylor Brown went a go Tatum.
1: Durant the long reach. Tatum, crossover, pull up jumper, that's good! Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. It's Wayne Spoony here. I've got our newest member of the podcast team, Jake Eisenberg, with me. But we have a special guest, a recurring guest. That's Dan Greenberg of Barstool Sports, better known as Barstool Greeny, the man with the best headlines in basketball. How you doing, Greeny?
0: Uh, I'm doing all right. I think I think that's how I phrase it. I'm doing okay. I've been better in my life, but I'm doing all right.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Jake, how about yourself, my man?
2: Yeah, all right. Yes, fine. You know, there's no there's no Celtics to kind of distract me from my day-to-day issues, which is um, maybe good, maybe bad. We'll find out in the next six weeks or so. <laughs> I, I can assure
1: you my wife and family appreciates that there's no Celtics <laughs> to distract me. But Greeny, since we last had you on, man, we... Celtics went to the finals. That was yeah, pretty cool. Choked man. away finals.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what was it like on the internet for you after the Celtics lost the finals? Because if you don't know, Greenie has the largest collection of trolls online for any Celtics blogger.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'd say it's it's warranted, you know. I I I poke the bear, so to speak, so that doesn't really bother me, but um, it's tough. It was, it's hard because, you know, once, once the, the clock hit zero, uh, I don't really, I had like a, an out of body experience. I don't really know what went on for the next like three to five days post finals. Um, I'm sure my mentions were awful. I tried not to look. Um, You know, I think with the amount of shit that I talked along the way, um, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> You know, had they not pulled it off, that it was going to be, you know, right back in my direction. But that's, you know, that's the internet. You know, I'm a firm believer in if you you don't want it, don't give it. And, and, you know, (laughs) when we were going through Nets fans and then Bucks fans who wouldn't stop crying and then Heat fans who wouldn't stop crying and then, you know, Warriors fans who were who were like weirdly part Lakers fans because the Lakers (laughs) were out of it. And they're just like, you know, 12 year olds who just, you know, I just, you know, Warriors fans are their own special breed. So they are up to one after stealing game one, of course I'm going to, you know, run my mouth. So, um, you know, I think I'm a firm believer in never deleting tweets. So I think there were a few (laughs) from like games one and three that seemed to resurface with a certain (laughs) fan base. I noticed was the handle. Most of them said like, you know Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Goat four twenty, um, stuff yes, like that. Yeah. There was a lot of those, but or LeBron. Like GOAT. I said, it, <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't want that stuff, don't lose three straight. You know, to to lose a title. So, all
1: right. Before we jump into the run sheet here, uh, last episode Jake and Ben went through who of those four teams we played in the playoffs had the worst fans, yep. the biggest pains in the ass. So on record, Greeny, I don't who know, is man, it? Bro.
0: I mean, it's obviously it's, not it's,
1: Brooklyn. It's yeah, I was gonna say, not it's Brooklyn. not the Nets.
0: I mean, <laughs> no. It, no, it wasn't them. It's hard, man. I just, I'd say, I'd say after Brooklyn, it was probably Golden State as like the Ooh. you know three out of the four. I mean, just because we don't really deal with them all that much as a as a collective fan base. I mean, you see them right. twice a year. Obviously, you're in the finals, so it's like you know the team that's talking trash to you won the championship so that just comes that's with tough. the territory of winning so then you're asking me to d- decide between bucks and heat fans i mean christ they're both <laughs> bad. they're both <laughs> awful the same way they would both think that celtic fans are awful i'd probably say i'd probably say heat and then bucks bucks for me take the cake just because i think yeah. You know, the Heat fans, they, they have a sense of self-awareness, right? Like they're trying – like they, they don't – they just – the Heat culture is the thing that's just – the hashtag Heat culture is what's <laughs> annoying about Heat fans. But the Bucks fans, it's like Giannis has never committed an offensive foul, Giannis has never done anything sketchy. You know, it's all, oh, what about Chris Middleton? You know, they like to, to throw that around while ignoring the fact that they won their title, largely yeah. in part due to, so just their lack of self-awareness. And I'm pretty sure there was that one dude who went on, like, a campaign to call Al Horford a dirty player, which was, like, very weird. So for Ridiculous. me, it's probably Bucks fans won, then Heat, then Warriors, then Nets.
2: Yeah, Jake, you had the the Bucks, right? I had the exact same ranking. Um, the, the, The Zapruder film, after every game of the Bucks series, was the most painful I can experience. I've ever been through, um, but I had an honorable mention that we didn't play was the Raptors fans. Like those fucking guys are sickos. Well, yeah. they just
0: have a they just have an inferiority complex, Dude. you know. But having said that, you know, when they won the title, mm-hmm. talk all you want. No, like you, no I'm question. when you win, you can say like I had no problem with after they won everything. Draymond said like you win, the fans can talk, the players can talk, but like you know, it's 2022, you don't, you can't still be living off that 2019 title. And I just, you know, obviously the Celtics and the Raptors have their history. Um, I just think that, you know, it's, it's mostly like little brother syndrome with them, as opposed to just with the Bucks. It's like, obviously they have the best players in the world. They were the defending champs, whatever, but just like the lack of self-awareness yes. that I, I have to deal with, it's like, oh, you only got there because of injuries. Well, what about last year's title? Oh, well, that was just like Giannis was the best player. It's like, well, yeah, let's just have a real discussion if you want to talk about that. And they just couldn't do it. So, but we're all, but like, we would be on top of everybody's lists. You know, like, oh, if you had to play a team, who would you find most obnoxious? Like, ninety nine percent of fan bases are going to say Celtics fans, and that's fine. So it's just it's part of the game.
2: Yeah, I was saying we. You kind, I kind of found you went through a Twitter boss at each level. Like there was one. Oh, account definitely. Two accounts, definitely. And, uh, I was thinking in reverse. You're probably that account for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. You've got to deal with him. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I just think of myself like any other, like of course, like any other Celtic fan. You know, I don't consider myself like a final boss by any fucking means. <laughs> but I do agree with you that that's what the even like with the actual teams, like that's uh-huh. what it was. For me, it's like each level was like a different level of boss. And unfortunately, you know, we all smashed our PlayStations uh, at the end. because we, <laughs> we couldn't beat the final boss because Steph Curry is legitimately a, a final boss. So,
1: so good. Uh, I didn't smash my PlayStation because I'm an Xbox guy. But otherwise, oh, well, that's yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, Anyway. All right. So let's jump into like shit that ha- didn't happen a month ago that I've already totally forgotten mm-hmm. about. Uh, Big news is the Celtics didn't use the Hayward slash Fournier TPE. Uh, I mean, do we think, was that a failure? Do we not give a shit because we got Brogdon? And I've got a Reddit comment here from user Coco1520 that says three seconds, as in second round picks, wasted. So, Jake, do you think it's a failure? Do you not really care?
2: Do I... Celtics fans or fans in general will find anything to complain about. I swear. Like, I mean, I will see what Greeny thinks, but I mean, I don't know how you can look at the off season without Mm. thinking it's an A or an A plus. Personally, I'm just happy to see the TPE go finally after two years of just like (laughs) firing up the trade machine and trying to convince yourself that teams are going to give you good players for nothing. And so, like, I think even to the bitter end, we could not comprehend that. Concept. Like, yes, we want one. More. Yes, if I woke up and Jakob had was on the Celtics for a second round pick, I would have been stoked. But everything we learn about the Spurs over the past years is that they're going to squeeze you for real assets. And like Derek White trade, DeJounte Murray trade, it, you have to give up real shit to get real shit back. And are you going to give up real shit for a guy that's going to play eight minutes a game? I know I've been, we bullied Wick into not being a broke boy, finally. And being like one of the top five spenders, but I don't know how much are willing they they are to spend fifty million dollars on a dude that's probably not going to, hopefully, not play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, I would have liked them to get someone, but I don't I don't care. Yeah, don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, greeny.
0: So I looked at if you look at it straight up, like you know, did they use it? Yes or no? No. So in that context, it's a fail because the asset. In, in, in and of itself right. was, was, quote unquote, wasted. But I think when you look at how it impacts their off season, you have to look at it as sort of like a, a living and breathing organism, right? So it's like when they entered the off season, I think we all wanted them to say, okay, with all of your available tools, go ahead and improve the roster and fill your needs whether that was through trade, whether that was through TPE, whether that was through using the mid-level. Like, just you just do something to improve the roster. But I think none of us, in fact, not a person on the planet, could have foreseen and predicted what the trade package was for a player like Malcolm Brogdon, right? Like, that was Aaron E. Smith and a ham sandwich. But the cost of that was... Those filler, you know, the picks, the, the high upside rookie contract player, whatever, and then contract filler, those were your collateral for potentially using the TPE to bring in a player of substance. So, had that trade not happened and they, they still had all those assets and then didn't use the TPE in addition to that, we have a much bigger problem. But the fact that they did use those assets. It's it's like Jake said, you're not gonna give up Peyton Pritchard and uh, an additional first round pick or even a high second round pick for your third string center. Now, the the thing where I think you could have gotten around that is were there any low salary backup centers between like one and three million that you could have used the part of the, the Fournier TPE for just because like maybe they make a little bit more than veteran minimum. And the tax bill is like you know ten million more instead of you know someone that makes Jacob Portal money where it's fifty million more. So I think it's sad that we have to you know move on from the four year TPE. It was so fun, you know. (laughs) But but I tweeted it out. It's like, listen, I got the Wancho TPE. I got the Dennis TPE. I got I have an endless supply of TPEs (laughs) that I can move on to. So it's it's sad that you know the fun of trying to you know play the game of who they could use it on but like when you look at the picks and the assets that they had available to then pair with it to bring in that player none of us would want to give up a rotation player in your top seven eight rotation for a third string center and the Malcolm Brogdon deal was you know even though it wasn't the TPE move like that was the TPE move and then they use their mid-level exemption on Gallo so it's like They did everything that we, I think, all wanted them to when we hit the offseason. They just didn't have to use one of the vehicles available to them to improve the roster.
2: Yeah, they they still have that... That, yeah. We're not, we're not caught off cold Turkey. We're not quitting smoking like all in one go. We still got the one show. We still got the Schroeder TPE. Oh yeah. Like, like if you don't
0: yeah. think I'm looking at who <laughs> makes under 6.9 million, like oh, yeah, yeah. you're out of your, you're out of your mind. You don't so know this exactly. man.
2: Yeah. But those yeah, guys, exactly. We don't have to give up too much to get those guys. And that doesn't expire for a while. So we can like, we can chill. We can get, we can get to rehab. We can come back out. We can relapse. It's going to be a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And before we move on, uh, Again, yeah, we've got those two TPEs where we can grab one of those lower, cheaper centers that you were talking about, Greeny. And also, the three seconds is kind of a misnomer. One was a top 55 protected second. Like, that was not a real pick. And I think another was a swap. With like I also Don't give a shit about
2: second round picks. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Like late whoa, second whoa, whoa, round pick. You want you know, slander in this <laughs> Come on, man. But
0: in a sense, in a sense that like we have the we have yeah. some already drafted and stashed. Like, right. Essentially, there's not going to be room for him, and if you have to pay that price to bring in real talent, like, like what are we doing? It's worth we're, it. We're, people, the same people who get mad that Ainge never traded a pick are now the same ones complaining that they traded. So it's like, whatever it's get over it.
1: You can't win. I do want Brad to have a European stash in every European country by the end of his, like (laughs) right at the time he retires, just taking over Europe. (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, this is dovetailing nicely. It's almost like I planned this shit or something. (laughs) Jake jumped the gun a little bit. So I'm going to throw it to you, Greeny first. Yeah. You always do that to me. Uh, So Overall, man, what is your offseason grade for the Celtics?
0: I'd probably give it a A-Just yeah, because just because of the the unknown risk that you know is attached with with someone like Brock. Like from a value standpoint, it's an A plus. But when I factor in sort of what it could mean and the injury risks moving forward and the fit and the minute distribution. Like, there are potential concerns that I think are factored in. Um, Gallo, like, listen, if it's the Gallo that made 10 straight threes against us, great. If it's the other one that had a pretty brutal, you know, postseason run more recently, it's not as great. But we're talking about the mid-level. So, I'd say A-minus, A to A-minus, but maybe like a 92 Something like that. Okay.
1: All right. All right. That'd be a good grade for me in high school. Jake, how about you? I was going to
2: say, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a easy grader. I, I need the, the curve to swing in my favor. Um, a for me, um, Brogdon, yes, of course, injury concern, but I've already fired up the, the propaganda line is those two fifty four, fifty six 56 game seasons. When you factor in the COVID seasons, they're basically like 63 game seasons anyway. Yeah. And if you get 63 games out of Brogdon, anyone really, you're, you're fine with that. You're not having questions about making all the NBA teams, et cetera, et cetera. And then Gallinari, on the other hand, I mean, he was a key cog on a conference finals team
0: mm-hmm. only
2: two years ago. Um, you know, so um, yeah, the playoff run against the confer- Heat. <laughs> look, they, they, they were there. I know, I know. Um, and look, again, Gallinari to me, it's, it's similar to Pritchard with the playoff run in that. I just need them to be able to play some minutes in round one and a half. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't. Once we get to the conference finals and finals, it's okay if Gallinari's given you maybe a couple, a couple minutes here and there in the early part of the series, and then we're able to load up the minutes mm-hmm. on the Jays. It's just we we need we needed some some depth, so we're not loading them up so early. Um, for me, I mean, how could you? You kept the finals team together, and you added yeah. a former All Star and Gallinari. Still got the TPE. Um, I know we're gonna get into some big men, mm. but
0: well that's my biggest concern, right? Like they still Sorry. haven't, addressed, Don't they haven't are- addressed that situation. So like <laughs> yeah. I can't give them a full A just because, like, listen, I loved Cab. I saw him in person, in all four. Like, listen, you won't find a bigger Cab fan than me, but like <laughs> he's a two-way guy, so he's not even eligible for the postseason. So it's like they still haven't answered that question, and I think we've learned that over the course of the regular season, if we're going to be load managing Al, there's always Rob's load management issues. Like the like Daniel Tice was a really good regular season reserve big. Yes. That does not exist right now um, unless you just think, you know, Gallo is going to be that, that player. But he's he's inching a little bit older, and I don't think they're going to want to burn him out either. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see who they bring in because that's definitely still a question.
1: Yeah, and we we've got a Reddit comment here from user goowop underscore official who says we need a backup big. Don't care how we get one, but this team will pay yeah. the price for not getting one if that's what happens. And I mean, you're touching on it, Greeny. Backup big is far more important to the Celtics than I think it is, maybe for any other team in the NBA. Because Rob and Al, you can at least somewhat replace what they do in the regular season. So I think you can find like a decent facsimile, like. Who gives a shit who the Sixers backup center is, right? If Embiid goes down, they're fucked. It doesn't matter. (laughs) You know, at least with Tice, we could be like, all right, man. He was fine against the Nets. I mean, he was even playing playoff minutes and was all right, so... I would definitely dock Brad for that because if you look around at who's available for backup bigs, I'm talking myself into Dwight Howard right now. Me too, like, that's uh, how far I'm Me following.
0: too, bro. But you know what? It's not as bad as you think. If you look into it, it's not as bad as you think. Please take the floor. I mean, it's not great. I mean, you look at the names. You're looking at Boogie. You're looking at Dwight. You're looking at like – I mean, I, I don't know who, who else was there. I think it was – um like Lamarcus marcus Aldridge. like yes. nothing is great and i think the issue when you talk about all these players is like oh well he sucks on defense or oh he can't score it's like listen
2: yeah no shit if you're still if you're yeah. still on the market yeah.
0: on july 20th like you're flawed like yeah. and that was yeah. the same thing with you know when we're talking about you know the uh like the summer league guys it's like JD Davidson went fifty-three because he's flawed, right? In some areas, like JD, you know, Uhan is is flawed in some areas. That's why he's a draft and stash. So it's like I just I, it always made me laugh when it's like if you're looking at you in Gallo for like the mid level, it's like oh he's slow and can't move. Well, if he wasn't, he wouldn't be signing for the mid level. So it's I think you know we just need to understand <laughs> that when you're talking about a veteran minimum guy, a third trim backup center, like. He's not gonna be a perfect two-way player. There's gonna it's just gonna come down to where do you want that inefficiency to be? Do you want it to be someone like Boogie, who's you know, can give you something offensively, but it's gonna be a disaster in space right. defensively? Do you want it like someone like Dwight, who has zero offensive game outside of putbacks and lobs, but he can rebound, he can play acceptable defense. And he's someone who has shown he can accept a a reserve big man role. But, like, he's not a perfect guy either. He's already 36, 37. So it's like it's more of a pick your poison. And and when you look at how their roster is constructed, we know that they can succeed with a vertical lob threat in Rob. So for me, I look at Dwight as a guy who's going to rebound. He has six fouls and knows how to give them. And, like, (laughs) listen – he knows he's not the worst defender of all the options. And we know that Eme is not going to play anybody who can't defend at an acceptable level. So it's like, unless you're going to pull off some sort of, of trade that we don't know about for a low money center, then like what is the option because, or are you just going to maybe wait until the buyout market or something? Because everybody that's available is flawed. There's no two ways around that.
2: Man, Dwight Howard, like on paper, you're right. I mean, to get the propaganda train out, key cog on a championship team, not that long ago. Like, no question. But I just picture him on the bench and he always is doing so much. And so much of the fun of last year was the bench celebrations. And I just don't want that to be taken away from me. But-
0: yeah, well, paper. all those guys are now no longer <laughs> on the roster. Yeah. So it's, it's,
2: You're right, that's it's actually, changing no matter what. Yeah. That's true. That's, true. <laughs> that's probably actually, I re- I recant A minus just purely for the benchmark um, <laughs> vibes. But my, look, my guy is, you know, obviously Australian bias here a little bit, but Aaron Baines, I know he worked out for a bunch of teams and it was reported that they did well. I know Him- Himmelsbach kind of reported that um, the Celtics weren't really looking looking at him as a serious mm-hmm. option. But it does feel like they're taking the approach of like <laughs> wait and see, right? So all those guys that you've listed are still available. Baines, I mean, obviously, it was a three-minute clip that I saw. Um, oh, he <laughs> was making all
0: of his threes. I saw yeah, it. Making threes, oh, yeah. right? I'm, I'm on that train, but I just figured, you know, once yeah. once Himbelsbach killed my dreams, I had to move on.
2: Yeah. Well, I just wondered like, he, he's still available. Everybody that comes back to Boston <laughs> finds themselves again. Horford, Tyus, Baines – yeah. The reason why he can't replicate. Wait, that. What about you?
0: How do you see them them filling that that third spot?
1: Yeah, I, I I honestly so I i this is a deep Reddit dive here. Yes. Apparently someone on Reddit was uh was on a plane with this young guy who played for <laughs> Oklahoma City named Oliver Sarr, who I have never fucking heard of, but apparently dropped 24 points in a game last year. and is like 22 years old huh. and he's going to a concert, but they also think he's working out for the Celtics. So that's a, that's what? a deep cut shit from Reddit where they may, maybe that's the guy, but ultimately I, I hate to say it, I'm on board with Dwight Greeny. I, I am like, I think the biggest thing is that, Despite how big of a dumbass he was for 90% of his career, these last couple of Mm -hmm. years, he and Mello have both accepted, (laughs) like, I'm just a bench guy now. I'm just going to do my job. I'm going to play my 15-12 minutes a game, and I'm going to rebound and play some defense. And at the minimum that will end mm-hmm. up costing us like $8 million because of the tax. I, I think that's probably mm-hmm. his best we're going to do. Uh, like Aldridge scares me. He's unplayable on defense too at this mm-hmm. point. So uh, I don't you know. I'm not remember, buying the Baines hype.
0: And you have to remember, Brad just showed us that if he brings in a minimum guy, so I'm going to consider Schroeder like, you know, the, the MLE minimum, whatever. Right. If it's not working or if there's not the right mix, he'll, he'll, he'll write that wrong and he'll get rid of you at the deadline. So if you bring in someone like Dwight and we get to February and it's not working, or if he's bringing more negative than positive, I, whereas I feel like Ainge would have been stubborn enough, like two would have seen it through because like he wouldn't want to admit his mistake. Brad is like, listen, if you're not on this page of playing how we want to play and doing what we want to do, we're too close to be like fucking around with that. Yeah. And he would make an adjustment at the deadline. Yeah.
2: Right. That, that, and the, I was joking, but that's my hesitancy. And I'm scarred from the 18-19 season where we we're like, we're coming Ooh. in, we're loaded. And I didn't really take into consideration all of the chemistry um, potential issues. And so when I think about this year, like there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of guys on this team that are going to have to sacrifice minutes. And so I'm just bring, so well, bringing someone in. Not only that. Yeah. Go on.
0: Yeah. But not only that, but like, and we may, you may, this may be on your sheet to touch on later, but like, I think all of us need to understand that there's probably going to be some immediate regression. Just because they were playing like 800 level basketball for the last like, they were like 27 and five, right? Like (laughs) as awesome as that is, like that will come back down to earth on some level. And I just, I still have concerns over like, there's a difference between being the hunter and the hunted, right? Last year, there wasn't really that level of expectation. They were the hunter. They were just kicking ass and, you know, having that mentality. But maybe I just have the PSD from their inability to build off wins in the Mm -hmm. postseason against good competition. And maybe part of that is, like you said, that 2018-19 season where they were on every cover, they were picked as the favorite. like. I do have think there's a little bit of a sense of, hey, we were two fucking wins away. Like, we're golden. Yeah. We just need to get to the playoffs healthy, and it doesn't matter where we're seated. I'm just I'm – I'm a little – and listen, I'm going to see one preseason game and immediately go against everything I'm saying right now. <laughs> but for right now on July 20th, I do have that, like, slight concern of how much are they going to push – for you know regular season, like will they give a shit of you know a three seed or a four seed to you know jeopardize health, or is it gonna be like we just saw this past season where they really start to put an emphasis on seating towards the end of the year to like ramp up for the playoffs i just I think it's crazy like I feel like there are some who think we're gonna have like a seventy three and nine season, and it's like like. There will be regression just because like they finish the season like 27 and 5. That's just like it's too crazy of a winning percentage to think that's just what life is going to be like all the time.
1: Yeah, I think Vegas has us at 55 and a half. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we land a little north of where we're at this year. I think we have 51 wins Mm -hmm. this year. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be surprised if we're at like 52, 53, but it's just kind of more consistent throughout the season. And we don't as opposed to right yeah. right that crazy second half where we're an entirely different team and i think the good thing about how this celtics team is built is the defense gives you a really good floor like you're just gonna beat the shit out of these bad teams that cannot score you know um, minus the pistons minus the <laughs> fucking pistons yeah cade and the boys <laughs> Couldn't yeah, beat, right. could not beat
0: the pistons <laughs> thank
1: god they didn't make the playoffs that's all i'll say but uh
0: Anyway, all right, let's let's
1: uh, let's move on here a little bit. Uh, Tatum and LeBron were in the news, and I cannot stress this enough. LeBron, bubble fraud. Uh, LeBron <laughs> on the shop. LeBron on the shop, and I'm not going to talk about his comment about Boston fans. Don't worry, guys. Uh, LeBron compared Tatum's finals performance to him in, in 07 against the Spurs, and he quote, he played against the same team of my first finals because he always makes it about himself. Oh, that was my ad lib. I played against the Spurs. It's the same shit, same shit. And they took advantage of me not knowing much. So LeBron, 55% from the floor, six turnovers a game, 6.75 assists. Tatum, 36.7 from the floor, 3.8 turnovers a game, even though it felt like 100 a game, and seven assists. So he actually outplayed LeBron. Um, And... So LeBron's basically saying the Warriors were just the veteran team. They know how to take advantage of Tatum's lack of experience on that level. But uh, we have a Reddit comment here from user centaur Questions that says, "I think fatigue was a much bigger factor in Tatum's Finals performance than inexperience was." So Greeny, do you agree with LeBron? Uh, I mean, do you think it was a mix of the two? And uh, I, think, yeah, I... I think
0: it was definitely. I think it was definitely sort of along, it was in the same book, but a different chapter. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was reminiscent of that 2007 series where, you know, you read the numbers. They were in the ballpark of each other. Where I think it differs is, and again, I mean, we say this having not played in the finals and LeBron having (laughs) been in the finals. So like, what the hell do we know? But I would think it was more partly fatigue, but partly they just were like, They just, as a collective unit, couldn't figure out how to counter what the Warriors were doing. And I don't think had they played in a finals against a different team, like, that would have mattered, so to speak, right? Like, when I think of where the experience came into play, it was how the fact that, like, the Warriors never panicked at any part of that finals, right? Because they knew that they... Could they've proven to themselves that they can get it done? Whereas the Celtics, you could tell their inexperience just in terms of being on that stage and have everything be magnified. Like when things started to snowball, they couldn't stop the bleeding. But I think when it comes to Tatum's struggles, it was, you know, like is it inexperience that he couldn't beat Andrew Wiggins off the dribble? Like, not to me, it isn't. But I think now that he's gone through it, like, he now has the burden that LeBron had to deal with. Of he's going to have to deal with this choking in the finals, like moniker, until he doesn't. And that's just when you're a franchise guy and you're on that level. Like that's just the price of doing business. Like the same way, if he had an unbelievable finals and one finals MVP, he would get all the the praise and the benefit that goes along with that. But it's like you know. Until Giannis got over the hump, the knock on him was he couldn't get over the hump. So, when you want to be that, like, I just don't think you can have it both ways. I don't think you can talk about Tatum being this top 10, top five player, which he's ascending into. And then, when you're on that stage, if you don't execute, you don't get to like avoid, even if some of the things you're now hearing about him online are complete garbage and make no freaking sense. It's like people forget what he did. To get to the finals, right? But that just comes along with. Hey, if you don't want that, don't lose three straight to lose the finals. It's just the price of doing business.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I go and your your mentions was all over Twitter. Every anytime Tatum's was brought up, it's roasting underneath, and I feel like that meme from The Godfather: "Look what they're doing to my boy." Because <laughs> I, because because I, I we know every like what he did yeah. to get there. Like, man, you can go through the. The moments of the playoffs from round one all the way through and this dude was just on an absolutely ridiculous level like the the signature moments he had through that playoff run relative to someone like Embiid who doesn't have any through his whole career still like it's it's absolutely insane um I think that there's it's not one or the other I think it's a little bit of both like you know Patriots fan um People, when they would go against the Patriots in the playoffs and they had maybe had a slightly less talented team. It's like, but they've some people believed that the experience and being there made a difference and some people didn't. I'm somewhere that someone that just believed having that dude, that coach, that infrastructure makes a Mm. massive, massive difference. Steph Curry's 10 years older than Tatum. He's been doing this for a decade longer in high leverage situations. Of course, he's going to have... An ability to stay more calm. They've been down 3 1 against the Thunder. They've been down 2 1 against the Cavs. Like the Celtics are are still getting there. And it wasn't necessarily just Tatum, it was all of them. Um, but then on the fatigue side of things, like there's no question. Everybody's seen the stats that this dude, Tatum, played more minutes than anyone in the past decade. The last one betwi- between the regular season and the playoffs to play this many minutes was LeBron in 2011. And LeBron's like at the top of that list across the board. And that's personally just incredible that Tatum's able to continue to do this year in, year, year in, year out. But, like, going after, besides his rookie year, this guy has not had a break. Like, between mm-hmm. um, nineteen twenty, he came to Australia for the World Cup, where I got to meet Deuce and Brandy, like, the, <laughs> the shortened COVID seasons, both. And, like, this dude has not had a break in, like, four years. The only time he did have a break was when the season actually shut down for six months, and then he came back mm-hmm. and had one of the best playoff runs a 21 year old has ever had, and he dropped 29, 12, and 7 in a game seven against the Raptors, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Like, once this dude takes a little <clears throat> break, and he's going to hear it. Like, we know that these guys hear it. We know Tatum definitely hears this stuff. Like, he's he's going to come back ready to go. And this depth that we've added is going to make a massive difference with with how I he's able so to. Too. Yeah, massive, <clears throat> massive difference. Like the load that this guy's carrying <clears throat> is so insane. Like the usage, like. The usage isn't as crazy as the Luca numbers, but what he's putting in on the other end, like watching him chase around Durant, yeah. um, Drew, um, Jimmy, and then chasing around those those dudes. I get, when you play against the Warriors, man, the level of energy it takes, they didn't score more than 107 points. Like it felt like they were kind of ripping us <clears> apart, <throat> but it was literally just Steph being a top 10 all-time great player. And that was it. Yeah. Other than that, these guys were shutting them down and Tatum was a massive, massive part of that.
0: Here's here's the only thing I'd say, and, and Spoonie, you may, um, you may weigh in on this as well, but, like, I just feel like you can't have it both ways, where it's like nobody was talking about fatigue when this team was up 2-1 with a four-point lead with four minutes left in game three – or in game four. When Tatum looked good in game three, nobody was really talking about fatigue. At the same time, like you said, his minutes played, like, it's understandable to think that, like, hey – he's probably, you know, with his burden and all that, it could be a factor. But when you look at where he struggled, he shot better from three than from two. He couldn't make a layup. So it's like, are you not making a layup because you're fatigued, but then you're shooting 40% from three, you know, on on good volume? So it's like, I just think he had a bad finals. Like, it's okay to say, sometimes guys just don't play well. And I think collectively as a team, where I just don't really love the fatigue angle is like, again, they were winning with four minutes left up two games to one in game four. So it's like they got off to a 14 to two or whatever start in game six. So like, were they not fatigued at that moment? But then when the Warrior, just because the Warriors made a run, like now all of a sudden the fatigue is like, is a thing. I just like, I can understand why they would be tired but, like, they didn't get swept. They didn't, like – it's not like they weren't at all competitive. It's not like, you know, they the Warriors are obviously older. And, like, why wouldn't they be as fatigued? So, I just – I don't know. It's just unfortunate. And I think that's what makes the finals loss so painful for me is because, like, they were just so dominant. Like, Tatum and Brown were so – like, I think we always, in all of their previous runs, were like, if we could just get – peak Tatum and Brown, no one is going to beat this team. And coming off that Milwaukee series and getting through Miami when both of them were just playing at such a high level, it was like, holy shit, it's actually freaking happening. And then you get two wins away and you're like, holy shit, this team hasn't lost two games in a row. all <laughs> fucking year. They're going to do it. And they just, you know, they lost three in a row. I just can't believe it.
1: Yeah, I, I do think there's definitely a fatigue factor. But the thing about the finals is if you make it there you are always going to be fatigued. Like those games were sloppier than like, if you go back and watch the Celtics play the nets, like they are flying the fuck around on defense, but the warriors were tired too. I mean, it's really a war of attrition. We talk about it every year. It's all about injuries in the playoffs, right? Ask Buck Bucks fans. And I mean, you just, I do think they were tired, but I'm not sure you can use it as, as an excuse because every finals loser ever could say they were tired because the winners are too. Uh, I, I do think Tatum didn't only, play not that. Not only well. that,
0: right? But like if you don't want if you're worried about fatigue, don't play with your food in earlier rounds and lose yes. games at home yep. to extend exactly. series. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. yep. if you if you were fatigued, like, good, that's on you for fucking around and blowing game six at home. Or blowing game five against Milwaukee. Let Milwaukee
1: hang around. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's like, I I just, you know, like it was self-inflicted.
2: I think that's all connected. It's like the inexperience plus the, like the inexperience led to some of the fatigue. They should have ended that series in six against Milwaukee. They should have ended it in six against Miami at least. And the Warriors ended their series against the Grizzlies in six. The the series against the Mavs was ended in five. And so Mm -hmm. like, I'm not someone who thinks that that was the only reason they lost. I think they just took that punch in game four, and that was like at the end, and and the the men, like the mental like the. I think it was reserves. mental. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm yes. not saying it necessarily was physical because you're yeah. right because Tatum was knocking down the threes. It was just like, all I like I I I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep going for it, and I, I can't I can't solve this one. I don't have the mental kind of the reserves to to figure this last puzzle out.
0: It was yeah. more yeah it was more like that game for the final 4 minutes of game 4 was the NBA finals. Yeah. Yep. And I just think it was like the psychological punch. I just don't think they ever really recovered from. And I think yeah, and it, you know if they win that game even if they lose, I mean granted they lost three straight so who the hell yeah. knows. But I just think even if you then lose game 5 I just think the the vibe and the psychological advantage you have of being up 3-1 is different from 2-2. And it doesn't seem like it because it's only one game. But the way – like, Steph coming in – and Grant, I don't know if you heard it. Like, yeah, he talked about it today. The, I, it's like yeah. they heard how they were celebrating in the locker room. Like, they knew we just won the finals because this is the one we had to have.
1: Yeah, that was next up on the run sheet as I was going to bring up that Grant Williams comment. Yeah, he he said that the Warriors were screaming after game four. They knew they shouldn't have won that game. I went on the pod after game five and said, I don't give a shit that we lost this game because game four was the game we had to win. Uh, I Mm. was really concerned after that game four loss. And like, you're going back to the Bay for game five. You probably you expect to lose that game. When you're kind of starting at the series, like, okay, if we could take one in in the Bay and then two at home and then we'll lose game five, you always expect to lose that game five. So it's interesting that Grant kind of felt the same way as all the fans. And I think it goes back to show like he's a player. He probably felt that in the moment, too, right? Like, he's not just saying that Mm -hmm. after the fact. He was probably like, fuck, we just let that slip and maybe the final slip. So... Um, He also said that he was confident we were the more talented team, and it was their championship pedigree uh, that got Mm -hmm. them through. I I don't know about Greeny. Do you agree with Grant's assessment? I hate whenever. I
0: hate. I hate whenever. (laughs) I hated it, and I wrote about this today. Like I hate when Ainge said that shit in the bubble. Yeah. If you lose, you do not get to say you were the better team. Period. Full stop. End of discussion. As far as I'm concerned. If you, like, and I, what, made it, what made it so funny is he's like, all the things that he listed that the yes. Warriors did prove, like, those are things that show they were the best. And, like, you That's may say, oh, we had, we had more talent, <laughs> but if your talent doesn't show up, then what good is it? You know what I mean? Like, right. like oh, you wanted to, like, dog Andrew Wiggins. Well, guess what? Andrew Wiggins outplayed both of your freaking number one and two options, so, like maybe the talent disparity wasn't as different as you thought you had nobody in your bench that was able to match Jordan Poole and Otto Porter so like i think we just had this like it was this weird narrative that like the warriors weren't this talented team when it's like before Draymond Green got hurt in january they were the be- they had the best record in the nba and that's in right, january yes. so it's yes. like i just it just really just gets under my skin when you say, oh, we were the better team. Like, no, if you were the better team, you would have won. And the reasons you're talking about discipline, mental toughness, all that stuff. Those are things that a better team shows. So I just, I want to make it, I want Brad to institute like a $500,000 fine. If you mention (laughs) if you say the words, we were the better, like you will never hear Brad Stevens say that the Celtics were the better team Hell no. in that. Hell final. no. I just like it really bothered me when Ainge said it. When I saw and like because it's Grant and all that jazz, I knew it was gonna, you know. I just like Wild just fire. shut up and don't like you can think that, and fans can say that, radio people can say that, whatever. But like you lost. So you don't get to say you're the better team because now I have to deal with like Warriors fans dragging him all over again. And like you see Steph, Steph is already putting out petty Instagram stories about it. And it's like, God damn it. Now, God forbid, if we ever meet in the finals again, like I'm going to have to deal with this shit. And it's just like, I just hate it. I just wish they would never talk like that.
2: Yeah, man. It reminds me so much of the Miami stuff in the bubble. Like, and in the moment, you know, I felt like that we were the better team, but then you reflect and it's like, well, if you're going to turn the ball over and someone like Bam's yeah. going to like just put Daniel Tice in the basket for three straight yeah. games, then you're not the better team, even though it kind of felt like you you let one slip. Like, yeah, exactly. he literally in the same moment of saying that we were the more talented team and then listing the things that he said they weren't good enough at, I was like, dude, the lack of self-awareness right in this, in this eight-second clip yeah. is – is embarrassing. Um, yeah. Like there's, I hate it. And I don't like you said it all greedy. Like just, just think it and use it as fuel. But like you, you lost in six, you didn't lose in seven. Like,
0: and you lost three straight, two of them coming at home. So like,
2: I'm sorry. You don't get to say you were
0: the better team. Sorry. And you you know, who has a
1: lot of talent, the Nets. You know what happened to the Nets? That shit doesn't matter if you can't actualize it on the court. So, all right, fellas, before we wrap up, I just got one more thing. Very important item we need to discuss here. Kyrie Irving was supposed to show up and play at the Drew League, and he no-showed. What a douche. I mean, am I right, guys? (laughs)
0: yeah i mean it's the, going to going to the drew league is on my bucket list it's just it has it looks like so much fun yeah i mean i guess i mean i, I don't think anyone is surprised i think no you know it's <laughs> who knows but at the same time like we don't know how concrete it was that he was really going to be there i just think you know it, it plays into the story into the drama and i mean listen it's it's not the first yes, time lies. I imagine we'll have something like that come up or it's not the last time. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm burnt out on Kyrie Irving drama. Like I just, I'm, I'm good. Like I can't, I've, I've had my fair share.
2: Yes. See, I'm, I've been copping shit on, on in the comments about how last part I was like, look, I think it might be time to neces to forgive, not like forgive, but don't forget. That's what my mom always told me. It's like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it. And like, look, we, we did it to ourselves. We, we traded for Kyrie. We, we heard Ooh. the weird stories about, you know, he was, he didn't go to the team. We still traded for him. We copped the, the IT curse for four years between Hayward's ankle, Kyrie getting injured, the COVID riddled season. We lost to the Nets. We got blitzed by them without Jalen, but it came full circle. We kicked the shit out of them, Kyrie had his one moment in the garden. I might feel different if they would have won that series, almost certainly, but came full circle i'm not I'm not burning it. I'm keeping it
1: disgusting I'm keeping it disgusting,
2: I'm keeping it like forgive, but don't forget. I'm gonna look I when I went to the garden for a game two uh in round one um i wasn't I wasn't one of the booers. I was enjoying the atmosphere, but I'm just like yeah. I'm cool on the Kyrie stuff now.
0: Yeah. I would Uh, say like anytime we play the Nets or we're in a series with the Nets game on, right? Like I'm in, I'm down to slander the hell out of that man. for (laughs) You know, being a big baby and, and disappearing in playoff series. But like, if they're not playing each other, I just like, yeah, he's a weird dude. He does like, this is just par for the course of what he does. And he's a polarizing figure and, and you know, he brings it on himself and then you know, famously sort of absolves himself of any responsibility, but like, and I'm going to sit back. I'm going, I have my popcorn. I'm going to enjoy yes. the dumpster fire, but like, it's, it's just so exhausting. Like I'm happy. I don't have to deal with it and spin zone <laughs> it for my yeah. own mental health. And I can just yeah. like sit back and enjoy it. But it's listen, we have, we have much better things to, to put energy towards, but um it is, it is, I did laugh when like he no showed It's like, yeah, it's, you, you can see that. It's comment.
1: classic. It's funny at this point. You're both bigger men than me, but <laughs> that is going to do it for this one. Uh, Greeny, tell the people where they can find you. Uh,
0: Barstool Sports, at Stool Greeny on Twitter. Um, we're trying to get through the dog days together. Um, we'll, we'll just, you know, appreciate everybody who, who clicks and reads and shares and all that jazz. Um, and, and hopefully we'll, you know, get through this this dark time <laughs> and recovery period together. I just... I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but like every day. So like in my office, I have that banner, you know. And it's like now, That's like sweet. every time I come in here, I just like I trigger myself. I might have to take it down because I'm like <laughs> two fucking wins Can't away. Keep looking like, at I'm it, I'm just like I don't know. 2000. It took me 12 years to get over 2010. I just I don't know. I don't know how long it's gonna. This one will take me, but um, you know, I certainly appreciate everyone who comes along the ride with me.
2: Well, so. Look. As far as breaking curses goes, once this, the Red Sox broke the the Curse of the Bambino, I mean, we've won that many titles. So maybe that's, uh, that's what's next for the Celtics. I hope, I hope for your mental health. I hope it's not 86 I years.
0: So. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen, I've had one in 35 years on this planet. So it's like yeah. to finally get over the hump and get that close just to collapse how they did is like It's gonna take me a while, but I know the second, the first preseason possession, I'm like, I'm ready, I'm all in. So that's just how it goes. And we didn't really touch on it, but I got, I had some thoughts watching everybody in Vegas. Like that that might be a whole separate podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, we could
1: absolutely have you back on anytime, Greeny, if you want to get those thoughts out. But um, all right, Jake, uh, love your work, mate, as Ben would say. So that's gonna do it for this one. We're out.